Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here, what up, guys? This is Damn Homie, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastards. <laughs> 100 rats got my skinny sag. 200 rounds inside the G wagon. The one time and she won't stop breaking. Half a meal cat. Damn. Okay. <laughs> um, what's up, everybody? So we have the beautiful, damn hottie jumping off the porch with us today. Here. Okay, I know it's a little cold. Is it cold in Miami right now? No, it's fucking hot. If I go there right now, I'm going to be sweating balls. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know how I told you earlier, like, TikTok been having me wanting to hop on a plane and move to Miami. So, you got to talk about what it's like living there. Shit. I mean, moving from Brooklyn was very fucking different. Like, the first six months, I hated it. I hated, like, everything. The people was so fake. And, like, it's always fucking nice. Like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to, like, you know, being able to wear my furs, like, getting really fly. It's really hard to get fly when you're practically mm -hmm. naked all the time. But then, like, after a while, like, you know, I, I met a lot of, like, people that are also from New York. And I, where I live, it's, like, a lot of people I grew up with. So little by little, I did start to fall in love with it. It's, like, every day you go on the beach, you get Cuban food or they got the best Haitian food, Jamaican food, bro, like... The food alone there is like worth just moving for it. And every day it's like beautiful. Um, and it's really hard to be miserable there. But it, to someone coming from Brooklyn, it's like I'm used to being miserable 23 7. So mm -hmm. it's like it was a little too much for me at first. But now it's like my only issue with Florida is if you live there, you're not going to get shit done. You're going to be drinking and partying <laughs> all the time. And I don't like that. In New York, I get shit done because there's nothing to do but work. Mm -hmm. So. That's what I'm trying to figure out now is how to balance it and not just mm -hmm. party all the time. Like my dad always tells me, like, keep a little balance, like mm -hmm. do both. Don't because my dad don't like when I just work also. Mm -hmm. Like I used to just sit home in New York and every day just work and not even go outside. And that's not good either. So um, with you moving to Miami from Brooklyn, when you moved there, did you have like I don't want to get too into your business, but did you have like a savings or like, was it already when your career had took off with social media skits or what was Honestly, that like? I would have never moved if it wasn't for taxes. Really? That was my only reason. My career just took off. Like the first year I, I didn't get paid at all. The second year I started getting paid and I was living off my savings from doing real estate. Um, cause one day I just decided to quit my job and just do this full time. So by the third year, I was really making real money to the point where I really had no choice. When you pay 400,000 in taxes alone in New York, you're going to start thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? So I moved to Miami and there's no state taxes that, and, but it's like the first six months, like I said, I hated it. And I really had to realize that like the money wasn't even worth my happiness. Like I should have just stayed in New York and paid the money. Mm. That's really how I felt. Wow. So like, but now, you know, now what I realized is I could just do the back and forth. Mm -hmm. I have a place in New York. I have a place in Miami. Now I'm going to get a place in Atlanta and probably a place in LA and just be able to travel. And as long as you don't just stay in one place for too long, you'll be good. Right. You know? 
But and I know I mentioned earlier when I was like, girl, I watched your interview and your story is crazy. So I do want to take it to the beginning just for a little bit. And for you, I know that you grew up in Russia originally. Yeah. That's crazy. So talk about your experience there. I grew up, I was in Russia till I was nine years old. So I still have my Russian passport and Russia's beautiful. Like I, I had really the best childhood. Um, you know, when I was five, my mom one day just got up and left. And I never really had an issue with that because my father always said, you know, you don't need her. Like I'll be your mom and your dad. And he mm -hmm. really was like, there, no one had a better childhood than me. Like I had everything, like I had a swing set inside my house, in my room. Like I literally had a separate room just for toys, but, Russia just like it's just different than America. Like you know, in, in America, people beat up their teachers. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Always Russia, you can't do that. Nah, in Russia, like on the first day of school, people bring their teachers flowers. Like you love your teachers oh, wow. in Russia. But then again, they t actually teach her shit. Like I'll say the shit I was learning in second grade. They was teaching me in the fifth grade in America, and I and barely, you know, like mm -hmm. I I could say the the education there. They actually give a fuck about education. Mm -hmm. In America, it's like, if you're like one of those students that doesn't care, they'll let you fail, they'll let you, you know, flunk out in Russia, they're not gonna let you, they're, they're gonna make you feel like you're, like you have no choice but to graduate mm -hmm. with honors. And then, you know, I moved to America and it was like, it was different, because when you're <laughs> coming from Russia, it's like everyone's dream to come to America. And then as soon as, I remember, as soon as I got off the plane and I'm nine years old and we're driving to Manhattan, because we were staying at some hotel like when we first got there. Mm -hmm. And I was looking around and it was nothing but trash. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Th like, take me back. I don't want to be here. <laughs> and it was hard. I'm not going to lie. The first couple of years in America, it's like, I don't know English. Everybody made fun of me. So I was always the quiet kid. Because mm -hmm. I just, you know, I just didn't, like, I didn't even know. Like, and then when I got made fun of, I just started, I would just fight. And I, I pretty much got kicked out of every school I've, I've ever went to. Even though when I graduated from, they, they allowed me to graduate, but I still got kicked out. Like, so I never had a graduation. I never got to go to prom or none of that, which who wants wow, to go anyways, yeah. you know? So I do want to ask, what are the non-negotiables in Russia? Like now or then? Ooh, that's a good one. You just asked me a question back. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, I would say now. For what do you mean? Like if I as go far there, as, like you know how different countries have their own rules. So what is like the non-negotiables in Russia? Like when you go there, you cannot absolutely do that. Oh, don't bring weed. Oh yeah, weed. Yeah, but <laughs> I, my dad's been telling me that every time I would go, because I go once a year for New Year's. Mm -hmm. I haven't went in two years because of the pandemic. Like so that's been and the war now. But I'm gonna go next year um, to see my grandma but you can't bring weed, like, and it's, you would think like people are out there drinking and fucking, yeah, people could drink you under the table, but they really, like, people aren't alcoholics like you think they are. Like, I, I remember I was going out with my friends over there to bars and shit, everybody mm -hmm. else was drinking tea, and I'm over here drinking beer and vodka, thinking like I'm cool. They're like, ooh, this girl can drink. <laughs> nah, they was looking at me like I was crazy, like, why is, really? why is she drinking? But I was thinking, because over there, the drinking age is like, I think it's 18, but or 16 but no one really cares like people just people drink when yeah. they're 10. But wow it's kind of cool hearing your perspective on russia because from the outside looking in i would 
feel like it's like really strict, like really stern. Everybody is so serious. Like it's strict just when it comes to laws. Like uh -huh. there's no like even let's say somebody breaks into your house and you kill them, you're going to jail. Like they don't play none of that. If you get caught with drugs, you're going away. Like it's not like it is here where if you have a good lawyer, there's a chance you might be able to get. Pro there's no probation over there. Mm -hmm. Your probation was life. If you fucked up in life, that's it. You're going to jail and you're known over there as like a loser. Like here, you could go to jail and fix yourself after you get out over mm -hmm. there. Once you go, it's like shame to your whole family. Like, cause I have a friend growing up who uh, went to jail for like selling weed or something. And my father, like, like not my dad, but everybody else, like all, the, all his friends would like talk about him as if he mm -hmm. was like, just like, that's it. Like he's useless now. Like he's no longer human. And to me, that's crazy, like, cause also a lot of women, I will say the difference is like women over there are like, bro, the ones who are like, they make it their job, like it's their life job to find a good husband. They don't care if, he, if a man's already married and he had a wife, a whole family, mm -hmm. it's your job to get him away from his family and take him and start a new family. Uh, and yeah. if I grew up there, the only difference is I would have graduated 100% with honors, went to college, probably had my doctor by now, and I would have already had five kids and been married to one of my dad's sons, mm -hmm. but he didn't want that for me. He wanted what I do now is literally what my father wanted. So. Right. Now, so, you know, we often hear about um, a lot of people not having their dads around, but with you not having your mom around, did it cause like any type of long-term effect? Of course, it had to. Like, um, I haven't figured out the effect yet, mm -hmm. but I am in therapy and I think everybody should be in therapy because we've all been through some shit and we all have issues that we need to understand. Like, you just need to understand yourself. And I think it definitely caused drama, not drama, trauma, where maybe, uh, I push people away because I'm already expecting them to leave anyway. Mm -hmm. That might be it, but I don't know because I feel like I just push people away because I get bored of them fast. <laughs> well, especially, well, yeah. men. I'm sorry, not people, men, because not with friends. With fr I have, all my friends are like 10 year plus friendships, mm -hmm. but relationships maybe it had effect on that. But that's okay because I'm better off, like when I'm single, I get more shit done anyway. So I'm one of those people that I need to not be in a relationship. So, oh, how is your dating life now? Uh, right now it's beautiful because I'm single and I just got out of a relationship. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. In October, so. I was engaged, but it was one of those where we moved in within like two weeks. We got engaged within two months and we we're supposed to get married on our year anniversary. And I was just like, it were was just- Were you even able to take in the relationship? Cause that is a lot of moving. Yeah, cause we were like, it was one of those like where you just meet someone and you're just obsessed with each other and you do everything together. Mm -hmm. um, but I think obviously I'm gonna take accountability that I was the problem because <laughs> Like, he was perfect. Like, nothing was wrong with him, but he's lived with other people before. Mm -hmm. I've never lived with no one. Like, my closest to living with someone was, like, them leaving a pair of underwear in my house or a pair or a T-shirt. Mm -hmm. But I've never, like, allowed anyone to, like, really, like, that, to take that type of step with me. So it was, you know, just a, a relationship I had to go through to understand myself more. Because I learned a lot from him. And 
I realized like until you're really ready for a relationship, you shouldn't get in. You shouldn't even get into one. Why? Yeah, because I have a lot of things I need to understand about myself before, mm -hmm. you know, have sharing a life with somebody. Right. Now, when it comes to dealing with men, what are some things that you've learned? Um, allow a man to be a man, you know, like stop trying to take his manhood away. We all, the minute we get with someone, it's like the reason they don't want to be in relationships anymore is because we take their peace away. Like they, when they're single, they think, wow, peace, even though I'm alone, I'm lonely, I'd rather have peace. When we're with them, it's like the first month, everything's beautiful. A month later, it's like you're about to, you're going through his likes, you're going through his followers, seeing who he talks to. Oh, who's that bitch? Why are you talking to her? Oh, that's your homegirl? Have you ever fucked? Like, we get on their nerves to the point where, they, like, it, it makes them not even want to be nice to us. It makes them, like, so I've learned to just, like, what, is it really bothering you if he likes photos? Like, leave him alone. Let him do him. Let him keep his manhood. Let him fucking talk to bitches. Let him try to feel like he still got it. Yeah. Because the minute you take that away, they're, they become, like, depressive. And they're, you're not going to want to be around him anyway. Once you, like, see that you can control a man, you're going to feel like, yeah, he must love me. But now you no longer respect him. And once you no longer respect him, how can you really still be with him? Like, I wouldn't even want to suck a man's dick after that. <laughs> Like, you're really letting me tell you what to do. I'm not going to let you tell me who to fucking follow or not. So, right. so have you heard of the 50-50 splits where dudes are like, we need to split this 50-50, we need to split that 50-50. It's like a Twitter war that happens every, I would say every, like, other month. It's yeah. Boys and girls, not boys and girls, but women and men going back and forth about, like, 50-50 splits. So when it comes to a man courting you, in your perspective, what does that look like done right if that makes sense but courting or living because when you say 50 50 is it like in a relationship or once you're already like well, i was saying like meeting right yeah meeting like honestly even meeting and even in the relationship i think when you first meet me i mean i expect like it's not even a question a man's supposed to you know be respectful he's supposed to pick you up he's supposed to get you flowers he's supposed to take you out but you're also supposed to do things too like when i met my ex we we were taking each other out there was never a conversation of who pays for what it was more like just we was just doing shit for each other like every day it was either him trying to surprise me or you know me trying to do something nice for him so i think there's nothing wrong with doing things for your man too like because you know, like, but okay, let's say you're one of those who believes that a man's supposed to do everything. The least you could do is be grateful. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't cost any, anything to say thank you. And women have an issue probably, well, some women, not all, with just being grateful. And the less grateful you are, the less they want to do. So for me, it just, do it all. If you're going to court me, do everything in your fucking power to make me love you. But because I'm one of those that if... Anything you do for me, I'm gonna do 10 times more back, but I have to see first who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to go back a little bit into your story, when I did watch your interview, you did touch on your ex um, and just over the whole topic of domestic violence. The previous ex. The previous ex, yeah. yes. So with that situation, what toll would you say that really took on you? I think, um, People think that once you go through something like that, it like fucks you up forever um, and you're like broken. You're not, you know, it's maybe the first year that shit really fucked me up because like 
to have a to have a, a person who's supposed to protect you be mm -hmm. the one to like harm you it's it's not normal you're not supposed to like women aren't supposed to hit men either but for you to put your hands on a woman like bro leave if one i think once you get to that point you should just leave and you don't belong together right but it really had some crazy effects on me like um i think the first year i had really severe ptsd where every and, and i've had people tell me that like every time i was going outside it's like I was always looking over my shoulder mm -hmm. thinking like, you know, something could happen. But, you know, the, the day where my ex actually killed his new girlfriend. Whoa. The, the same, yeah, basically um, after we broke up and I, I, I made the decision to like, you know, separate completely. And the hardest thing as a woman to do is to leave when you're still in love. And people always say like, why didn't she just leave? I did and it, that was hard, but you have no choice, you know, it's like, it, it's sad how some, some men really could like make you fall in love to the point where you're okay with the fact that he might kill you eventually. But, you know, it's like, uh, you're, and, and the crazy thing is at the time, I really thought like it was just me and I was embarrassed. And, you know, for anyone going through it, you're not alone. This happens to a lot of people. You'd be surprised who this shit happens to. And it, it, it literally be the people who you look on Instagram and you think they're the perfect relationship and they're not. Never look at someone and want their shit, trust me. So with me, it was just like, I had PTSD and you know, I really, every relationship I was in, it's like I was almost expecting the next person to do it. So it's like, it made me, like I started putting hands on everybody I dated mm -hmm. after that because I was already ready to like, you know? Oh wow! So did you? Would you say you took like some of the characteristics from it yes. and kind of put it into your your other relationships? Yeah, that shit made me take it out on my next relationship. And I will say, like my my ex never put hands on me. Like right. he he really was there, and we're still friends till this day. Like we were together four years, got engaged, and then I couldn't do it either because I at the time I was living in New York. I just started doing skits, and I was like. Um, he wanted me to move to Tampa and I mm -hmm. couldn't do it. And then it's funny, a couple of years later, I moved to Florida and right. we was already not together, so. I do always want to hear the perspective from someone who's dealt with domestic violence because I feel like as outsiders, it's easy for us to be like, you know, just leave, like you can get out, you can just leave. But for you guys, it's not like, it's easier said than done. So I would say for you, when did it get to that point where you were like, I gotta get out of this? Let me think. Um, it was so many things that I, I don't even know where to pinpoint like exactly what it was, but it was like, I think, I think it was after he put hands on me and then I had two black guys, like he, like this is after I had a nose job too, which is why I still, till this day, I, can, I can't breathe out of my nose because really? I never had it redone, yeah. Um, I think, I had to spend like a month at home because I had two black eyes and they just, it wasn't going away. Like, and then um, I found out that the friend, his homegirl from the eighth grade, who was his best friend, was actually his side bitch the whole time, who was there for me, who was calling me and asked me if I'm okay, that he was fucking her the whole time we was together. And I was like, damn, you're gonna cheat and beat me and do all the, like the only thing he didn't do was put anything under my name cause I didn't allow it. Like he right. knew that's one thing you're not gonna do. Like that, that was her job, which is why she was the side bitch. Apparently it was my own fault because I wouldn't let him do, I wouldn't help him with his scamming. Mm -hmm. But if bro, I'm doing real estate at the time and he's a scammer, 
For you to come to me and tell me, yo, let me get people's information. I'm not going to jail for you. Exactly. And that was the reason where he's like, well, this bitch will do anything for me. Why should I be with you then? So that made me think like, bro, like, like, fuck you. And then I left him a month later. So he was with her. A month later, I think he went to jail again for scamming, calls me. And I, I just said, no, I'm good. Like, and... I think what happened was I went to Florida and just to get away from him. And that's where I met my new boyfriend. It was like completely by accident. It's like I went there and I met this guy. I went to a strip club in Tampa and I seen like a group of guys, it was like 20 dudes. And I seen one of them walking and I literally just come up to him and say, what's your number? And that turned out to be like my fiance of four years, which I think he's the reason, like, he kind of saved my life, I would say. He's the reason why I didn't go back, because if it wasn't for him, I probably would have went back again and again. But I kind of already... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, the minute I moved on, it's like... I don't want to say I was kind of using him, but I guess it's like it was like a rebound situation. Mm-hmm. But he knew that, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so it, it was I think we were just meant to meet each other at the time because at, at the time he was dating the stripper for 10 years who nothing wrong with being a stripper. I love strippers like I, all my friends are dancers, but it, he was like she was like cheating on him and mm-hmm. she had three kids. One was his, but he was taking care of all three. And she was like, he caught her fucking someone else. So he said, why, why, I'm over here taking care of all your kids, bitch. And he wasn't leaving her either. So I think we were meant to meet each other just to get rid of our partners. Mm-hmm. And then once we broke up, it's like the only problem is like I, we tried to make it work for four years and it wasn't working. It was just like. Because I've learned that there's other forms of abuse, too. That there's a forms of, like, mental abuse, verbal abuse, where mm-hmm. a person doesn't put hands on you, but the shit they'll say to you, it's like, damn, I'd rather you fucking smack me than say that. So, you know, or, like, I think what, what ended that relationship was he would constantly bring up the fact, I'm like, oh, now I get why people put hands on you. Like, and this was supposed to be the person who, like, I trusted after that happened. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me leave that relationship now is because I'm like, yeah, he's not putting hands on me, but he's verbally abusing me. And, and my, my father didn't raise me to have a man talk to me that way, especially not you. So after I left, he, would, he was trying to get back for two years. But once I'm gone, there's no getting me back. So. Wow, that's a crazy story. Yeah. It's so crazy. Now, let's talk about this career because one thing about you before it was the comedy skits, it was real estate. With real estate, were you in your prime during that time when you just made the sacrifice to leave it alone and pursue your comedy career? Yeah. I was, I think I was meant to do real estate because I was just good at it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I love the running around and, you know, you get to an apartment. It's a, it, it's the apartment you have to show is on the eighth floor. There's no elevator. It's a hundred degrees outside. It's like, it's such a, like, there, it never gets easier. It only gets harder. But I was like in a great place in my life where I was like, I found something I was really good at. And um, I just wasn't happy. Like I would come home every day miserable. Cause it's like you wake up at five in the morning. You have to be awake before anyone else. You got to be the first one in the office. 
Um, and then you gotta, like, once you show someone an apartment, you have to have every apartment that's on the market memorized. Like, let's say right now I go to show you an apartment and you don't like it, I have to be able to name 10 more to show you right now because if tomorrow you link someone else, they could find you the apartment, you know. The worst thing is where I would, you know, someone else would take you and show you 20 apartments. Mm -hmm. You don't like none of them. So when you call me, I would be like, send me a list of every apartment you've ever seen and I would take those off the list and then show you the ones you haven't seen. And I would just, it was just easy for me. Like I just, mm -hmm. my thing is I could do anything and I've learned that there's nothing I can do. I just, cause I figure out how to do it, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I was literally my prime. I was making good money, but I, it just like, I was miserable. So my father is the one that kind of pushed me to quit. Mm -hmm. He said, listen, like you got money, you, you chilling, like at worst case scenario, I'll help you. But I'm like, nah, it's already too late. Cause I feel like, you know, people start when they're fucking 14. And I was already like, you know, in my twenties and my father's like, nah, I'll help you if anything. But my goal was like, I, I have that in case, but I was like, I'm never going to use that. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to show my father that he believed in me so much that he's not going to like, I'm not going to let you help me. I'm going to yeah. do it. So it's like, my goal was just improve myself, like to everyone else that did it, like, you know, and the first video, like, I think, I, didn't, I don't want to say I got lucky, but I, it, it you know, it, it, it kind of like worked out for me where my first video went viral. So people mm -hmm. did fuck with me, but I really, it took me years to prove myself because people don't let you just come in and, mm -hmm. you know, just work with them. Either you come in with a viral video or you pay to get on mm -hmm. or you got to work hard. So I was like, fuck that. I'm gonna work for it. I'm not gonna, I had the money to pay people to work with me, but I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. And especially when the first person that works with you was Mr. Commodore, like, Oh, shit, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I was chilling. So after that, it's like everyone else was like, bro, you know, I got to work with top five my first time. Like, for me, it's like everyone I used to watch, it's like now, you know, it's like I'm collabing with them. It's like for me, like top five's like, in, in what we do, I think like Commodore, DK, mm -hmm. you know, fucking, it, but I'm not, you know like like Robbie world mm -hmm. fucking like I, I look I look at the people who like I've been watching before you know Daniel Jean fucking CeeLo Prince Z like all these people you know so like it worked out thank god oh so with that just like for you like you like you said it took you like some years to get to the point where you're finally making money like you could finally make like a good living off of your skits did you ever once think like man i'm gonna go back to real estate just due to it taking so long for you nah never i could always go back if i want to like uh -huh. i still have my license so i could but i would never nah i don't see it i i think if if i just one day get bored of comedy i'll just decide i'll do something else Mm -hmm. Like, I'll start over completely. I don't like going backwards. Like, once I've done something, it's like, I'm already bored of it. Like, <laughs> I, I want, love you. <laughs> I want to accomplish something I haven't yet. Like, I already, I know I could already do that. What, uh -huh. what's, a, what's something I know, like, it's going to be hard for me? That's what I want to do next. Wow. And so, also, World Star Hip Hop. I know you have a really strong World Star. With them. World Star. So, talk about how that came about to where you know you were doing a segment for them. 
World Star. Okay, I love World Star. Shout out Joe World Star. Shout out Danny. Shout out Pete. Fucking, those are my like that's family at this point. So I think when I first started, um, the goal is to get on World Star, and as uh, for what I do, and mm -hmm. they just wasn't posting nothing I was doing, and I'm like I would ask my old manager like what am I doing wrong? And he'd say, you're not doing anything wrong. Just keep doing it. Keep going. Keep going. And I'm like, bro, I'm literally like, I would study what they're allowed to post, what they're not. Mm -hmm. Like, and I do till this day, it's like, and I would do everything by the book. And it's like, it still wasn't going. So I'm like, I don't get it. And then my thing was, fuck that. I'm sending it to them every single day. Like I, I started like sending my videos every day, no matter what. I would post two, three videos a day, send them to the point where I'm like, bro, you don't like me? But you're not. But you're gonna know my fucking name. It's gonna be to the point where you're not gonna get my name out of your fucking head. Even if you hate me, you're gonna respect my shit though. And I became, you know, like Joe Worldstar started posting my shit, and um, then Danny, Pete, and Joe decided to do a live where they wanted to do a show. Like they wanted to do live that we turned into a show afterwards, and. Mm -hmm. They, they, I guess one day they just, you know, went out to dinner and like got drunk and somehow they came up with the idea to do shoot your shot mm -hmm. because they saw like my dating life is fucking sad and miserable. Like if I told you dating stories, they're sad. It's like everything goes wrong no matter what. And like if everything goes right, I'll fuck it up myself. Like, like I will always find a way. So they're like, why don't we turn that into a show? There's something there. So. It was a show basically where guys come on to try to holler at me and I'm like, oh, okay, so where are you taking me? No matter what they say, I'm going to have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start an argument and be like, yeah, you're out of here. But the goal at the end was to find love. But when we originally did the show, they're like, wait, so who, but who's going to win at the end? And I'm mm -hmm. like, no one. That's the point. And then we're going to keep having more and more seasons. And we did it and it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was like the hardest shit I've done. You think really? that shit, yo, you think that shit is easy? Like, this is cool, like, because you could always edit or you could, mm -hmm. we could always stop if I, you know, piss myself or something. <laughs> we could always edit that out. I'm live, there's nothing you could do, you're live. So it's like all the people that I had beef with at the time, I'm like, oh, they're just on here waiting for me to fail. But fuck that, like, we had, we had like a good 10 practice runs and then, once I started doing it, it was like every Thursday, and that shit was stressful, I'm not gonna lie. Right before I used to press that live button, shit, I used to fucking be like, oof. But the minute it was on, I right. would just talk my shit. I would just pretend like I was on my own page. And at the end, of course, I didn't find love. But, <laughs> and then we, we were working on turning it into a show, but then uh -huh. it's, it, we're still working on it. You know, it's right. like one of those things that take forever. I also watched um, another interview that you did. I, dang, I forgot the platform, but you stated in that interview that you've also met some of your worst enemies in this business. Yeah. So talk about that. Shit. I mean, some of, like, I think when I first started, mm -hmm. I met people who acted like they were trying to help me and they weren't, you know what I mean? Like they mm -hmm. were just trying to get, they were just trying to fuck. So I when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. 
Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I think even like with Jacob Berger, for instance, the cop guy, like we were really close when I first started. And, you know, the minute that I told him it wasn't going to happen, he basically like tried to blacklist me, told people not to work with me. And the crazy thing is if it wasn't for that, I would have like... At the time I was just starting out, I was still like, I still have my feet in the water, but I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't diving in yet. Mm -hmm. So that's what made me go hard as I did. Is mm -hmm. a man trying to say you like, I was like, bro, you're gonna stop my, try to stop my career cause like I wouldn't fuck you. And he was like, oh, um, you wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for me. First of all, sweetie, I went viral way before we met. People been doing skits with me. You wasn't the first to work with me and you wasn't the last, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, and ever since I stopped working with him, my skits only got better. He wasn't doing it for pussy, because first of all, one thing about me is I write. I write every skit you see on my page and a lot of other people's pages too. So the reason you was working with me, like trust me, my thing is why would you end a friendship with me for pussy? You don't even know if this pussy's good. Like dead ass, like this shit could be trash. Why are you ending with this friendship is not trash? Fuck out of here. Like he would have benefited so much because I know right after that, Worldstar started posting me every single day and mm -hmm. I know Certain people, it's like some men, they've never got pussy in their whole life and now they have followers and they think, oh, now I'm gonna get pussy because I got followers. Like, bro, you still not getting pussy because you still corny. It's like, same thing with dudes that never have money and now they got money. You still corny. I don't care if you have money or not. I have money too. It's like, what do you have that I don't? And followers, like, bitches, don't fuck these dudes with followers because half of them are fake anyway. Or dead, they're dead followers because they were from 10 years ago. No one, no one even, no one cares. No one cares. Fuck somebody because you like their personality. Don't fuck somebody because they have followers or money because that shit could be gone tomorrow. What happens if you fuck a dude because he got five million followers and then all of a sudden he loses his page? Now you just fucked a dude with no Instagram. Congratulations, <laughs> dumbass. So that's my thing on that. Who else? <laughs> I've, I've had so many. It, I think, no, the crazy thing is it's, it's all the enemies are actually people who couldn't get pussy. But it's like, why we got to be enemies for? We, we could have been cordial, but whatever. It's that rejection. Like, you know, they mm. don't like rejection. Okay, but what? This is your first time getting rejected? You're probably right. used to that. You've been getting your, rejected your whole life. Is it because it's me? Come on, you know? Who am I? I ain't nobody. Like, who do you care? Oh, you couldn't get the... It's okay. You've got another pussy. Like, I've had literally a guy tell me, oh, relax, my. Like, I get badder bitches than you. So go fuck them and leave me alone. Congratulations. Go. Fly, go, get him. You know what I mean? So, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> crazy. Like, you've probably been there, like, being beautiful. Having, yeah. You probably have people tell you, oh, I could help you. Bro, you can't even help yourself. How are you going to help me? Fuck out of here. I wish they could see my facial expressions behind the camera. She's like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, with your success that you've seen with your skits, what eventually do you want to cross over to? I want to do, like, I really want to have my own show, mm -hmm. like, like basically, like a curb, either a curb. I'm I've been doing stand up now, so, uh, but I want to host. I want to do hosting. I want to have my own show where I basically pick all the cast members and control everything and write the whole show. Or I think I'm I'm just gonna be a writer. To me, the most important thing is being the one with ideas. Mm -hmm. I don't even have to be the one in front of the camera, but I have to be the one controlling like what the scenario is, what the joke is, because I feel like one thing I know I have is timing. 
And a lot of people, it's like their jokes are either too long or get to the fucking point. You know, it's like I like to be in control of the actual joke, the timing, the sound effects, the everything. So that's I'm just pushing myself to get to that point where. It, and the crazy thing is, like, no matter how much I do, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. But if you, you know, if you feel like you've already made it, then you're, you're already you already failed. Right. I feel like, like right now, you would, you would think like I'm happy because I'm like successful and everything's going good, but I feel like I'm still at the starting point. I'm nowhere where I want to be yet. Mm -hmm. And like until like, like my father's already proud of me, so I got that already out of the way, but until I feel like there's nothing else I could have did, mm -hmm. you know, because you could always work harder. There's always, you know, until I feel like I fucking did it all. There's nothing else I could have did. Like I gave it my all. I'm not giving up. Like, and I'm never gonna feel like I gave it my all. Right. What does it feel like you could be doing more of? I w working. Just even the t like the time I sleep. I'm like, damn. Like, there's not enough time in a day. You know. Like, I wish I could. Like, how in Atlanta, Robbie World does this thing where like two or three, two, one or two times a week, he'll like. Uh, get everybody together, every mm -hmm. comedian in Atlanta. He's friends with everybody. And everyone gets together and does skits with each other. And, like, I want to, like, I wish I could, like, I wish that was still possible in New York. People don't do that in New York no more. Now it's like, New York, people would rather lose trying to beat you rather than win with you. Mm -hmm. Like, Atlanta got this thing where everybody's, like, together and trying to win together and he helping each other. Over there, it's not like that. Like, people are fucking... And I'm from there, it's like, but I already know what it is. Like when I go there, I'm doing skits alone or with like one or two people. You know, I'm not even like, I don't, I don't even go to New York for skits anymore. It's more like I go for the vibe, I go for my friends, I go to just, you know, see like Stan and fucking go to Cupy Cool and shit. But, or see J.O. and like, you know, get a painting from him for Miami fucking. But I, I wish it was like, you know, I wish I wish we could start getting everybody together again, but I think that's just an Atlanta thing now. So, you know, give it up, give it up to the Atlanta people because they're winning for a fucking reason. Mm -hmm. Next time you want to not link someone because like, oh, nah, fuck that. Like, you know, like you don't want to share your followers with them, bro. Like, so when you fail five years from now, remember why? Because you wanted to stay at home and do your own thing. So do your own thing forever alone. And. I want you to really talk your shit because you have a lot of accomplishments under your belt. So I'm gonna give you this time, you know, to pop it, all of your accomplishments that has came. I didn't even remember with this them. Comedy <laughs> shit, okay. Oh, you want me to tell you? Yeah. I don't even know. I, I fucking I do I shit and I wash my Michael hands Blackson with it. Michael Blackson for sure. That's cool. Michael Blackson. Yeah, That's I worked with Michael Blackson really before. Did. Yeah, that was cool. But uh, you see, like, I literally, that wasn't even <laughs> on my mind when you asked me that. I'm like, what, what have I done? Like, I feel like I've worked with pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you, tell, you tell me what I've done. I don't know. Girl, you, from comedy alone, like, looking at your views. And then the crazy thing is, like, your interviews have a ton of views. And I'm yeah. like, what in the world? Like, you know, normally an interview can do a ton of views when it's just, like, the platform. But you, and specifically with you being the guest, it does a lot of views. I feel like you definitely have all the eyes on you right now. No, nah, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think just because... 
I'm so open to other places. Like when I go mm -hmm. to like, let's say Canada, like I'm trying to like, I'm trying to work with all the comedians out there. I'm trying to like link up all my friends, like all the artists, like I'm trying to like link up every podcast person. Like I, once I, same thing with Atlanta, I'm, I come here, I try to link up with everybody here. It's like, um, I think cause I just really, like I don't exclude anyone, mm -hmm. you know. Like I only exclude people if like I really, if I really don't fuck with your comedy, it's like I'm, I might fuck with you as a person, mm -hmm. you know. Not every, I have close friends who we don't even work together, but we just fuck with each other. Right. But I, what would some big moments for me if I had to say? I would think the first time I did no jumper to me is an accomplishment because. It was like right around the time where Adam 22 just had some guy pull a gun out on him. And it was that same week, remember when he went viral? Because mm -hmm. somebody tried to rob him and they had to move to a different location. Where they, I think they just got security. So the place I went to, uh, was the, it was that same week. So he hit me up out of nowhere and was like, hey, you're mad funny, like to come by the uh, studio, like to do some shit with him. I thought he wanted to do a skit. So I'm like, oh shit, I, I'm gonna do a go skit with him. Cause I'm, I didn't even think for a second he would interview me. Mm -hmm. Cause at the time I'm like, who the fuck am I? Like, yeah, I have 400,000 at the time. But my goal was like to get to a million. Like I was like, once I get to a million, I could do whatever I want. But at the time I felt like, who the fuck am I? Like he'd be interviewing like triple X, like, or XXX Tentacion, like, who the right. fuck am I to be on there? I come there and right away he like starts micing me up and I was like, oh shit, like I wasn't even prepared. And that's, you know, like that to me was an accomplishment. Then after that, every time I would come to LA, they would always have me like on a different show or on a panel or something. So it's like no jumper, you know, like I'm really grateful to them for that. Cause they also like, you know, gave me a platform and you know, Adam's never asked me to like, you know, do nothing crazy mm -hmm. or, you know, he, he like knows like who I am and he, just cool as fuck, like just a good person. And everyone right. there is like, you know, good people. So that was to me an accomplished, like Michael Blackson, like obviously to, uh, that was like, it's insane like to look back on like, damn, I used to, like I've watched this dude how many times fucking, oh, like I can get jicky to this shit. And now it's like, I'm doing a skit with him and he's actually doing my idea. Oh, wasn't wow. even wasn't even telling me like I'm doing it wrong or nothing. I just I told him what to do and he just did it. I think the first skit we did it was like, you know, how women like pray to God, like please send me a sign, mm -hmm. please. Like if he's cheating on me, send me a sign. And I told him as soon as I say that, jump behind me and go, bitch, he's cheating on you. And he just did it. And so I don't know those two things. What else would would be considered an accomplishment? Like. Honestly, no. just you being successful, pursuing something that you love, genuinely love to do. Yeah. So my question to you is, before we wrap up, what advice would you give to women who may be a bit afraid, afraid to make that sacrifice to step out and pursue what it is that they really love to do? Honestly, just fucking go for it because you know, every, every, we all have a choice. Like you, right now, if you're at a job and you hate your life and you're miserable, like, you know, it's the same thing where you're in a relationship and you're unhappy and you've been together for five years and it's like, damn, we didn't just do all this to end this now. It's like, bro, don't be afraid to take that step. Like, yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take so much sacrifice. There's gonna be days where you're gonna regret it. And I'm telling you, go for it. Because if I didn't go for it, God only knows how fucking miserable I'd be right now. Like, you don't even. So 
just do it. Like, bro, don't depend on nobody. Don't. And one thing to every woman is don't wait for no man to help you. If a man's helping you, bro, like you're better off not doing it at all because you know what I mean? Like if I waited for a man to help me, I'd still be waiting. Go for it and put your all in, invest in yourself. I wouldn't like think about it. Don't look for an investor because what kind of investor is going to invest in someone who doesn't even believe in themselves? Save up your own money, work, do whatever you got to do and fucking go for it. And, you know, so later on you could fucking look at everyone else that's miserable at their jobs and they're, you only get one life, bro. Just go for it. That's it. All right. And before we wrap up, do you have any shout outs? Shout out. Hi, Papa. <laughs> shout out my dad. That's it. 100 rats got my skinny sag. 200 rounds inside the G-Wag. The one time and she won't stop bragging. Half a mil cash out Andrew Jack. Got a project.